Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. I wanted to take a moment while I'm thinking about it uh, to say thank you. I know that you have a million other things calling for your attention in your unique, beautiful mind, and I truly appreciate your taking the time to listen to the show. It means a lot to me, and the more you listen, the more the show will be shared with other moms with ADHD who really need to hear the messages in these episodes. So I recently discovered our next guest and I loved her Instagram feed. Her work is really aligned with the vision-driven work that I teach, except her focus and passion is teens. Now, whether you have teens or not at the moment, you will eventually, (laughs) okay? So during this episode, Life Success for Teens founder, Natalie Burrell and I talk about using a vision-driven perspective as well as curiosity to help our kids stay motivated and moving forward. We talk about asking the right questions to inspire and encourage our ADHD teens, helping them get into a good headspace with gratitude, and encouraging them to think about how the choices we make now impact the future. Now, Natalie Burrell is the founder of Life Success for Teens. She coached high school and competitive cheerleading for eight years, and this is where she realized that she had a gift for connecting with teenagers and motivating them to be the best version of themselves. Natalie has 14 years of experience working as a school psychologist in a public high school. Her area of expertise is working with students who need a boost of self-confidence to feel successful both in and out of the classroom. Now, before we dig in, I wanted to be sure that you've downloaded the free ADHD supports guide I created for you. Honestly, it might be a good idea to have your guide handy each week while you listen to the podcast, because it's often so full of tips, tools, practices, and resources to support you on your ADHD journey. So if you haven't already, download the ADHD supports guide at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD supports, or find the link in the show notes. Goodbye for now. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Natalie, and welcome to the show. Hi, Tracy. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we dig in, can you tell us a little bit about how you, I love a journey story. (laughs) So can you tell us a little (laughs) bit about how you started working with teens and what, what was your journey like? How did you, how did you start doing what you're doing right now? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to Ohio State for college and majored in psychology because I had a high school psychology class that was fascinating to me. Mm. I loved it. We did a lot of experiments with behavior and why people do the things they do. And that really lit me up 
more than any of my other high school classes. So I knew I wanted to major in psychology, but I didn't know really specifically what I wanted to do until somebody told me about the field of school psychology. Mm -hmm. um, and school psychology is helping students who have disabilities get access to the resources available in a school district. Right. So I'm actually still a school psychologist. I work in a public high school mm -hmm. in the Cleveland area, and that's kind of my day job. So I work with uh, speech pathologists, I work with occupational therapists, physical therapists, and intervention specialists, all to get a student the help that they need to be successful in mm -hmm. high school. Right. And it was about six years ago that I became a little bit disenchanted with how much paperwork it takes to get kids what they need, right. how many hoops you have to jump through in education, and uh, to be honest, the lack of resources sometimes right. that are available to help teenagers. So I started doing a very official Google search about what else can I do with a school psychology degree? And that's when I found the field of academic life coaching. Mm. And I loved it instantly because it's this really nice marriage of psychology and positive psychology and also helping kids like become the best versions of themselves. Right. Um, and it's it's been a really fun journey these last six years working with students who some of them have, you know, executive functioning weaknesses or ADHD or learning disabilities and others just, you know, a little behind on their skill set, mm -hmm. but really helping them to develop the skills they need to be successful in school, but also for life in the real world. It's right. been a really fun journey. So that's how I got to where I am today. Um, I founded Life Success for Teens six years ago, and it just grew um, over time. And now there's a team of 12 of us who work with students outside of the school day um, on whatever it is that they need to find success. Right, right. Natalie, I love that story. I love the connecting the dots to the, oh, and no, and no. And it's <laughs> kind of when you ask the question, right? You said, okay, so I did yeah. a Google search and you know, what can I do with this thing? I, I really, I love that. I love that, the following your, the yellow brick road. So, and I also Thank love you. that because as a, um, as a school counselor, you can only do so much. Do you find that? Yes. Yeah. Totally. So at the beginning of the school year, I get a list of students that need to have an evaluation completed. Mm -hmm. And I do my evaluations with a team of people. And it's lucky if I ever see that student again during the course of the school year. You know, right. maybe they come back because we connected or we bonded. But really, I'm just moving on to the next student. And what really makes my heart happy is when I can stick with a teenager over the long term mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, right. feel their successes, you know, struggle when they struggle and just be their constant cheerleader. Mm -hmm. That's the type of support I was hoping to be able to do in the field of education. But sometimes working in public education, it's just it's just not possible, or at right. least not in the way that I had hoped. Yeah. So when I'm coaching with a student, I am really on the journey with them. And that is super fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And for everyone, right? My gosh, I wish that there were people like you um, available to us when, you know, when I was a kid, we didn't have, we had nothing. <laughs> we had, we had, I mean, we, you know, the counselor really was, 
the counselor helped you to plan your next, you know, your courses for next year. And that was really, about. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have coaching. We didn't have any of that. And so just a little plug for, um, for, of course, I'm all about coaching for everybody. Like, I mean, you know, my son has a coach. I have, you know, I mean, I've got, I've got several coaches Same. right Me now. Me too. Always. I have several coaches. Yeah. Ever since I discovered like my first coach in um, 2014, I met her and I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to be without that kind of support, you know, in all areas of life. I completely agree. Completely agree. And, you know, sometimes for some people, they have a need for therapy or for tutoring or both. And for other people, coaching is really where it clicks. Right. Um, and it's just a matter of, you know, deciding what type of support you need. But I agree with you. I have several coaches myself and that relationship is very, very special. Yeah. Yeah. And keeps us on track and moving forward and having a little personal cheerleader. And and then another little yeah. plug for, um, for uh, school counselors. Um, we have... So my youngest is is um, is um, going into high school next year, but has Exciting. had the most amazing middle school counselor I could ever like Ugh. brings me to tears. Like I took us through, you know, she was one of the kids that um, that was in virtual sixth grade. Right. So they went from fifth okay. grade, didn't even get to end fifth grade and went right into sixth grade anyway. So this you know i'm on a first name basis with the counselor and she's amazing and she just she wants to be able to do so much more and she just can't right she just can't I, yeah that's so much yeah so anyway i can totally relate to that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, i love the plugs yeah yeah but but i mean and these are personal like i wouldn't just i wouldn't just say that oh that's a great idea like these are personal these are personal um yes experiences that i've had so Tell us a little bit about how you how you work with your kids in the coaching capacity. Mm -hmm. um, we mm -hmm. spoke a little bit when we when we got on about um, I really love your the way that you work with your teens. It really resonates with me because you you there's a lot of introspection. There's a lot of, of self awareness. You you're inviting yes. the kids to get to know themselves so that they're not just trying to be you know fit into these these. Uh, cookie cutter molds, which, you know, with yes. ADHD, many of the, many of the, uh, the kids of the, the moms who are listening to this, many of these kids have ADHD. We, we just don't fit into the mm -hmm. mold, right? We just don't fit. But right. really as humans, we don't fit into boxes, right? We, we, we're all different and For we sure. learn different, in different ways. So tell us a little bit about, about what it might be like to, um, to, I guess, even get started working with you? What would you have the kids, yeah. kids doing initially? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's interesting because when most parents reach out to me, they list a couple of things that they'd like to see their teenager have some help with. And it's mm -hmm. typically time management, organization, overall executive functioning skills. Right. Sometimes some anxiety is in there too, right? But what I also find is that they don't put this necessarily on the form, but almost all of the kids that I work with also need some more motivation 
They need mm. a boost in confidence. They right. need a plan to help them get from where they are right now to what is that dream school year you know, that they could describe for me. Mm-hmm. So there's some things that you know people initially reach out to us for, and those are absolutely important and things that we address in coaching because those are skills that are teachable skills, the organization, the time management, study skills, for example. But the other piece that I know that parents don't always ask for, but their kids need is that confidence and motivation and that, you know, sense of self, like, who am I as a person? Where do I fit, if anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know, in the world or in my high school? And like, what are my skills and my superpowers? And how does that impact what I'm going to do after high school? So you had asked, you know, what are some things we might do initially when we work with a student? And two things come to mind. One is we ask them this very important question. We say, if you could imagine yourself a year from now and you were having the best school year you've ever had, what would that look like? You know, not only in terms of your grades, what grades you're getting, but also in terms of, you know, how confident you're feeling, how much you're enjoying your classes, what is your relationship like with your teachers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So we ask that question and I'm always amazed by our kids' responses because I think sometimes, you know, you have to just ask the right question to get a good response. Yep, that's and so exactly when they it. answer that yeah. question, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a matter, you know, it's honestly, it's the question, but it's also about who's asking it. Mm, so right. no offense, Not the mom. mom or dad. <laughs> right. You <laughs> no get a different offense, answer, right? Sometimes you yeah. sound, yeah. I think sometimes mom or dad, again, no offense, you sound like that, uh, the principal on Charlie Brown, where it's like, wah, wah, wah. Right. And it's just a different voice asking the question. So mm-hmm. You know, when they describe that really great school year to us, then what we like to do is say, you know, okay, where are you at now with all those things? Like, how much are you enjoying your classes? What do your grades look like? Do you have a good relationship with your teachers, et cetera? And then this is always really powerful. I'm always like amazed by how introspective kids can be sometimes. Um, But we say, what's stopping you from getting from where you are right now? to that beautiful school year you just described. Mm. And they can answer it. Right. I mean, it's it's amazing. Usually they have a, a beautiful response to that or they kind of tilt their head to the side for a minute and think about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but whatever their answer is there, that's where we really start to focus a lot of our coaching. Like where's the mm. disconnect or where's the gap? Right. Is it a skill set right. deficit? Is it a mindset thing? Do we need to work on this teenager's perspective? Um, what is it? So that's one of our initial activities. And then if I could share one more, um, there's an activity called the wheel of life that I Mm -hmm. absolutely love for kids. Um, It's not just for kids. Adults can do it as well. But the way that it works is that we have our kids draw a circle and kind of break it up into different sections, like pieces of a pie. Mm-hmm. And you have them label each of those sections with different areas of their life. So school, how much fun they're having, their health, et cetera. And then we have them rate their current level of satisfaction in each of those areas, mm, scale of right. one to 10. And kind of go through and just talk about like, why? You know, you rated you know your overall experience of being in school as a six. Tell me why you chose a six and what would it look like if it was a 10? Mm, And because that conversation can really spark a lot of thought and help us create some goals for coaching. So for example, if they say, you know, my 
my overall experience in school is a six because I'm just not into the classes that I'm taking, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe I just don't get along well with a lot of my teachers. Well, that helps us focus in on where we need to shift some mindset or learn some skills Mm -hmm. so that we can increase that six to a seven and then maybe an eight. So the goal is not to get everything to a perfect 10. That's kind of unrealistic and we don't strive for perfection. The goal is to talk about how can we move the needle? Mm -hmm. How can we change that and increase our level of happiness or satisfaction? No, I love that. Um, Natalie, you are totally speaking my language in all of this. Like that, <laughs> that, that first question, the first question about, um, about, uh, imagine a year from now, you know, and it's hard. It's hard for adults sometimes to imagine when they're in a place, totally. especially because if they're working with you, chances are they're in a place, right? They, they need some support. They're, they're usually in a place. Yeah. Yes. So, so the thinking forward is kind of, it it's, can be daunting, but it's really, it that's where daunting. we start because we have to have, uh, we have to have some place to get to, <laughs> right? Yes. We have to have yes. something, it's something. Like- yeah. I like to think of it as the, you know, being pulled like, okay, this is what I want mm-hmm. and letting it pull you rather than I, I talk about being pushed, but you know, we, it's, it's, more effective to be pulled by something that you want rather than pushed by something that you don't. And that sounds like that's a great analogy. Yeah. It's very similar. And sometimes I'll describe it to the teenagers we work with, like going on a vacation, but having no plan and no end destination. Like you just get Mm. in your car and you start driving. Like, how's that going to work out? You know, versus, Hey, we're going to go to Siesta key. This is where we're going to stop. This is where, you know, we want to spend our time on the beach. These are the things we want to do and the things we have to bring with us to get there. And it's, they can understand that analogy and it helps them understand the importance of planning and having an end goal. So you can get from here to there successfully. Right. Yeah. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And, um, and, that so you talked about like the wheel of life what what would it look like if it was a 10 how would that feel i mean Mm. absolutely every what what you're what you're talking about here is exactly what i do with the moms right how would it feel how would it feel how would it feel to be that you know how would it feel to have what would if what would confidence i know that you work with confidence and mindset you know it's all about changing your mindset but it's 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 about how you feel yeah. Okay. So that's a You're fantastic, right? Yeah. That's a fantastic place to start. I love that wheel of life. I love that wheel of life um, concept with kids. You know, there are so many things that we, mm. that we talk about with, um, for adults, at least, you know, in, in, uh, in my coaching circle, we, we do this with, with the adults, but we don't necessarily do it with the kids. You know, the teens. And they're totally especially. capable usually. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it seems and, like there and they is. they like it, you know. Yeah it's, it's a different way for them to use their brain. And sometimes they've never been asked those questions before. And so they, a lot of them can get really into that type of thinking Mm -hmm. because it feels really good to our brain to imagine what could be like, if you ask any teenager, you know, where they think they're going to be in 20 years, not many of them are going to say, I'm going to be homeless on the street. Mm -hmm. They're going to have this 
you know, this positive version of themselves that they hope to obtain one day because our brain just likes to think positively and imagines that in the future, things will be even better than they are now. We just have to help our teenagers see that, you know, that is actually a possibility and very achievable if you work at it. Yeah, yeah. I think too, the um, helping them to understand that where you are right now is not where you're always going to be, <laughs> you know? Yes. That it is, that this is a and moment that and be... that we can make changes, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the ways that we do that is that we have them think of some past um i'll call them like wobbles or mess ups or mistakes that they have made in the past Mm -hmm. and kind of how they recovered from those and how important Mm. they seem now like just kind of you know going over the fact that we're all going to have bumps in the road we're all going to make mistakes we're all going to come up to obstacles but they're really just speed bumps you Mm -hmm. know they're not huge brick walls that stop us you just have to figure out how to get over them or around them and then continue to move on yeah, yeah, I, I love that. Okay, so, so how do we? So we the, that what you what you do initially is a lot of self awareness. Like when we are self aware, yeah. Especially, I mean, we all need self awareness, right? But when we have ADHD, we really need self awareness because the rest of the world is doing things in a certain way, and we mm. could get stuck in trying to do it that way. So the more we know ourselves. The, the more self-awareness we have, the more introspection yes. that we have, the, the, the better we're going to know what's right for us and what's right for moving forward. So how, yes. how, how do you work with the kids in, in mindset? I know that, that is, that's a big mm. thing for you is helping them with mindset. What does that look like for a teen? Yeah, a couple of different kinds of activities um, come to mind for me. So one of the things that we have our teenagers start to do is to practice gratitude. And we all know what that looks like. We can all say the things we're thankful for. We can all do, you know, gratitude journals, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But the way that we've been doing it this school year has been a little bit different and has been really effective. So what we're having our kids do instead this year is to write down not only what you're grateful for now, but to start practicing gratitude for the things in your life that haven't even happened yet. So for example, I am so grateful that I got into Ohio State University because I've been dreaming about it since I was six Mm. and I went to a football game and saw the cheerleaders. I am so grateful that I found a major that I am passionate about. I'm so grateful that I have a group of friends that gets me and all my quirks and they're quirky too. You know, just saying those things out loud, like I truly believe in manifesting your future. And because a lot of that is, what you think affects your behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And then your behavior affects how the people around you interact with you. So we're having them practice gratitude in a different way this school year. And it's Mm -hmm. been really cool to watch them struggle with that at first. And then once they get it, they can really do that and they buy into that. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things in what you just said. Gratitude, first of all, is like, it's a natural um, energy shifter. Right. It's mm. a when we are when we're in a in a grateful space, when we're have you know, when we're really feeling integrated, it's one thing to write it down. I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for, you know, yeah. but to really feel into it and gosh, it feels so amazing that, you know, that I have, you know, this this uh this really warm, amazing bed. You know, I'm really grateful yes. for this one friend. I and it feels so good to feel heard or understood or whatever, to really feel into it. 
And I absolutely love the being grateful in advance because that's how we get from here to there, right? We don't get it. We don't get from here to there. We don't get from A to Z. We have to, we have to, we become that person. And then the more that we, we are grateful for, you know, and, and, and having that experience, have, have the kids shared with you the experience of actually experiencing what they were grateful for, like, you know, Mm -hmm. in the past, because that's brilliant. It's fun because I think it's almost like a snowball effect. Like they start slow with this and then they'll tell me that they can start listing thing after thing after thing. It's almost like a, I don't want to say like an addiction, but like once they get the hang of it, they're like, oh, I want to be grateful for all of these things I can imagine for my future. So they start to really buy into that idea. And the other thing I see with this activity is that it helps them recover from their setbacks quicker. And here's Mm. why, because they'll say, you know, I got a bad grade on a test when I thought I was going to do really well. And that kind of stunk, right? But I remember that I just wrote down 20 things that I'm grateful for that I have Mm, in my life. And that kind of made me feel better today. So it gives them like some alternative thoughts, not just the negative inner critic thoughts that come in when there's a roadblock. So that's been fun to watch as well. Yeah. It's a practice, right? It's a, it's a practice. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love that. So in, we talked a little bit before we, um, before we hit record about, about, um, thinking about the future and thinking ahead and the thinking mm. about the things that we're, we're choosing now impact us. And also th- thinking about, about, you know, what will I be grateful for that I did today that I really didn't feel like doing? Oh, yeah. One day yeah. that future person that I'm becoming is going to be grateful that I did that. So what does that look like for mm. you? Yeah. So the future planning is absolutely one of the four pillars that we go over mm. in coaching. Um, and it's often something that our teenagers either have an idea about, but they don't really have a plan to get from where they are now to that plan. I'll, I'll give an example. I had a teenager who said they wanted to own a bakery, which is lovely. What a great plan. However, they didn't know how to bake. They've never taken any business classes. Like they just don't have enough information yet, right? Like they have the dream and that is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, we just buy right into their dream and we say, that's amazing. So if you're going to be a baker, what are some of the things that we can do now to help you prep for that? Is it watching YouTube videos? You know, is it taking a baking class at your local craft store? Do you want to take a business class next year in high school? Like, what are some things we can do to make that dream more of a reality? Mm -hmm. Other times we'll have kids come in and they just have no idea what they want to do with their future. And that's totally fine. Um, And what we do then is we start doing some personality inventories, some career-based inventories, just to get an idea of what this kid's skills are or what lights them up, what they're passionate about. Mm -hmm. Um, And we go from there. We help them kind of narrow down some of the things that they might be interested in. And what does that look like in terms of maybe, maybe college, maybe some different type of training, maybe just getting a job right after high school, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but to just kind of give them more information and a path to follow about who they are and, and who they could be based off of their skills and interests. Right, right. Uh, and so important for our teens in high school. And there's so, all this pressure about 
you know, about what do you get, you know, I, mean, I, I can't even tell you. And I witnessed this right with my, with my kids, my kids being asked, so what do you want to do when you get out of school? Book. I mean, my son, especially who is in ninth grade, has he 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 really kind of knows where he wants to go. But mm -hmm. that's a big question. And I remember being in high school myself and being like, I have no idea. I have no idea past like <laughs> this moment, you know? Yes. Like, what am I gonna go to college for? I have no idea. No idea. Right. So I love that, you know, and I I, I do wish that we were doing more of this in school. Um, to help the yeah. kids along with, you know, okay, so it maybe how we might apply math <laughs> in the future, why we need math, you know? So I guess as I'm hearing you talk about, um, about all of these, these kind of, um, this sounds like the base of the work that you do with the students. So then that's where you get the motivation, right? Okay, well, we have to do these yes. things. If this is what you want, if you want to be a baker, if you want to open a bakery, we have to do these things first and it just it it, it, yes. it makes so much more sense than the way that we it does and it's, it it's more relatable right right like right. it's it's more relatable because they can understand the why mm -hmm. versus the like why am i learning this i'm never going to use this skill again in school right if it's something that they're passionate about or that will get them to where they want to be there's much more buy-in yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about the because um, my kids say all the time, my kids do not love math, nor did I. I math was not my strong point. Lots of other strong points, but not math. So my kids are like, <laughs> yeah. when am I ever going to need math? Like, oh my gosh, like there are so many places. If you are, if you own so a bakery, you have to know math, right? You have to know measurements. Yeah. You, you have to know, count your money. You want to count. You need to know how <laughs> right? to count your money. You need to know, you know, what's coming in and what's going out. Like you, there, there are things it, it's, yes. it's hard to relate those things to real life, even when mm -hmm. they do, you know, in the, the, uh, questions, the, the, um, the, uh, the word question, what do you, the word problems, the word problems. Yeah. yeah. The, they're not always relatable. <laughs> you know, to, yeah. It's funny. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. Right. I we mean, were just laughing about that the other day. I think I read a story problem with a teenager and it was like, Allison bought 38 watermelons and we got stuck. I'm like, why is she buying 38 watermelons? Like, <laughs> you know, it's just not relatable. So it was, it was kind of funny. Right, right, right. So, and how do you help them so they can, they can now they're, they're better understanding. Okay. This is where I want to go. This is what's important to me. Mm -hmm. I have someplace that I'm moving toward. Um, and so helping them to make the decisions now and the, you know, cause we all have choices in every day of what we're going to do, what yeah. we're going to choose, what, you know, what, and stopping ourselves sometimes <laughs> before we mm -hmm. make those choices. How do yes. you, is there a specific way you help them with that, that kind of thinking forward, you know, that thinking like this decision that I'm going to make right now, is going to affect me. What is that? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a couple of different ways. So the kind of easy example of that is like, I need to study for my tests today, because I know on Friday, I'm going to be really grateful that I did that. Mm, right. Versus if I put it off and put it off, then it comes Friday. And now I'm mad at myself that I didn't study a couple mm -hmm. days ago. But when it comes to, you know, kind of longer term 
planning and making decisions, we often encourage our students to just make the best choice possible with the information that they currently have. Mm -hmm. Knowing that usually you can change your mind, you can change course, you can change direction, it's not written in stone, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes our kids get almost like paralyzed by perfection or paralyzed by fear that they're making a bad choice and then they make no choice. Right, so right. we encourage them to make some type of choice and then adjust if need be. Right. I love that. And I, I remember um, years ago, I heard Oprah say something about because um, when you have ADHD, we often get paralyzed by like choices, making simple choices sometimes. But I remember her saying yes. something like, just make any damn choice like just make a choice <laughs> yeah. just make a choice yeah. to keep moving and you can always pivot that's what I th it sounds like that's what you're what you're helping them you have to have you have to have a you know a, 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 your gps you have to have the endpoint. however you can take different ways and if that's not really if you don't want to go to siesta key when you when you're getting real close you can pivot yeah too. for sure the other way to kind of look at that is well often like if our students are struggling between two things and they just cannot make up their mind, mm -hmm. we say, okay, I want you to take five minutes and I want you to imagine your life if you chose path A and what that looks like and what that feels like. Let yourself like live in that for a minute. Okay, now let's do the same thing with choice B and like live in that scenario for a minute. Mm. Which one just instinctively feels better and trust right. your gut and just do it. Right, right. I love that. I love that too. I, I love that. I I work a lot in the uh, the the way things feel in the body. Right. Not necessarily yeah. always using your brain, but using the way that you feel to kind of guide you. How does that feel? Does it feel contractive? Instinct. Does it feel like? Yep. Yeah. The 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 intuition, the instinct. What is your what is your body telling you about about taking mm. the step or making this choice? That's fantastic. Exactly. So is there anything else that you can think of that would be supportive for our listeners to know about um, about helping our kids? I mean, for one thing, I know for a fact that I need somebody else like the coach that my son has yeah. to help him with um, with all of the things, right? Because I am just like that, wah, 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 wah. I know mm. it, I know it, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I want, but is there is there anything that you um, that you encourage the parents to do to kind of to to help move it along too and help the to to for them to be able to support their kids. Yes. So the first thing that comes to mind is we'll often ask we do this of our, our teenagers. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll explain it first. We ask our teenagers to let their parents know how they want to be addressed or questioned or mm -hmm. kind of held accountable for things. Right. I'll give an example to kind of clear that up. So I'm thinking of one of my students who has a big history project this week, and he was frustrated because he felt like mom kept nagging him, is what he called it, about, you know, mm -hmm. did you start yet? How's it going? I want to see your progress. And he said, if she would just let me know that she wants to see it when it's done, I'll show it to her when it's done. Okay. But her nagging is really like making me frustrated and I, I can't move forward. Mm -hmm. So we said, okay, well, let's like make that agreement then. Like you will show mom the finished product because that's how you want to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Mom, are you good with that? Sure. So sometimes it's like the tone of your questions or sometimes it's how does your teenager 
want to be addressed or how often, um, mm -hmm. I think can be really helpful. And sometimes we'll in even encourage our teenagers to say like, hey, mom, can you check on me in an hour? Mm -hmm. Like, because that really shifts the dynamic between mom just coming in when she feels like, or she has time, <laughs> right, to right. check in versus the teenager saying, I'm going to work on this for a little bit. Can you check in with me? We're like inviting them in mm -hmm. to be a participant and to help hold them accountable. Um, so that's a conversation that sometimes I encourage parents to have, even though I usually I'm working with the teenagers. So I encourage them to have it, but that's right. something parents can do too. Yeah. I love that because I, I know that I am like uh, nails on a chalkboard, <laughs> my son, especially. Well, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it's it's just natural but right even as the coach sometimes like i don't want to be a nag either yeah. so when sometimes i'll say to my kids do you want me to help hold you accountable for that for whatever mm -hmm. it is you said you were going to do this week and if they say no i say okay mm. and if they say yes i say okay cool when do you want me to text you and what do you want me to say because me checking in to say like is it done yet is very is okay for some kids but for others that's totally off-putting so sometimes i'll have kids that are like i just want you to send me an emoji on wednesday and i'll know what that means or oh, some kids are like can you ask me about my progress next right. week whatever like right. however it's going to appeal to them most that's fine with me because i'm helping hold them accountable yeah i love that natalie this is this is really good stuff because i i have with my kids asked them okay so what can I do or what can we do? How can we solve this problem or this, um, how can it best support you? And my kids are like, oh, I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. what do you, what do you do about that? About the, I don't knows. I don't know. I don't know. I give a, I give a A or B option. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll give okay. you A or B you choose. And if you don't choose, that's cool. I'm just going to go with my gut. Oh, oh, that's good. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> that's really You're helpful. <laughs> so <Hope> it works. <laughs> when um so this has been amazing. You have provided so much insight into helping our kids to get to know themselves better. Thank you. So they can make better choices. And then and we haven't even talked about like the then the getting organized and maybe we might have to have you on to cuz I think that's a whole <laughs> we'll a other repeat. conversation. <laughs> I think we yep. might, yeah, uh, we yep. might need to have you back on to talk about how to help help our um, ADHD kids, especially organize themselves, because that that is actually one For of sure. my biggest concerns about um, about uh, my child adulting. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, we can oh. certainly do that. Yeah, that we sounds can great. Certainly do that. Organizing your time and your materials is, is yeah. a big one. Yeah, perfect. Well, so this has been amazing. Thank you for sharing and thank you for what you're doing for these kids, for these families and helping with the the, the, uh, the self-awareness and 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 being that extra, you know, that extra support that we all need that that, you know, I don't know about you, but I run into people all the time that have never worked with a coach that don't even have any yeah. idea what it would mean to have your team work with a coach. Is there any? Well, I guess, first of all, is there is there one thing that you can think of that would be um that our listeners could do like right now to help their kids to become a little more self-aware to be to 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 help them to um you know um good questions to help them be uh, more introspective mm -hmm. you know the first thing that came to my mind was to model it yourself 
Mm, So I often do this at my house. Now I have younger kids at home, but I'm Mm -hmm. often kind of modeling my time management for them. So Mm -hmm. I'll say things out loud like, hey, we have to be at soccer in 30 minutes, which means we have to leave here in 20, which means we should probably start to get dressed and get our shoes on. Now that's a a time management example. And again, I have younger kids, but what I'm thinking for parents and just in terms of helping your teenager be more introspective or self-aware is to Mm -hmm. have some of that dialogue out loud Mm -hmm. um, about like, you know, I'm thinking of what I might like to do this summer. And I'm thinking we should go on some more family vacations and, you know, just whatever it is, speak it out loud and just like future planning or thinking about what we want or, you know, thinking about what happened during our day that was really impactful and say it out loud. Like, I think just seeing those things and hearing it can be helpful even yeah. if your teenager is tuning you out at that moment, they're still probably hearing you. Right. Um, <laughs> so I think modeling it is, is a is something to take away. Yeah, I love that. And I I was actually a, a preschool teacher before I had kids, and I did that all the time. Always talking, okay. talking, like talking yeah. through everything, narrating. Um, yeah, but I do think that yeah. they that they, even though they might not be listening, they're hearing it. They're hearing what we're saying. They're seeing what we're doing, you know, almost as they're if hearing by, it. by osmosis sometimes. But yeah, yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. So how can our listeners You're find welcome. you? Sure. Um, a couple of different ways. So our website is long. It's a mouthful, <laughs> but it's lifesuccess4teens.com. Okay. Um, we're also on Instagram at okay. lifesuccess4teens. And then we have a parent Facebook group. Um, And that group is called Parents Raising Successful Teens. Mm, So you can find us on any of those places. Okay, perfect. Well, Natalie, thank you so, so much for taking the time. And, you know, the the show is, um, it's it's helping moms to to manage their ADHD. But I can't even tell Mm. you the amount of time that that I am, my energy is going into, how do I support my kids? Right. How do I help them so they don't have to struggle like I do? So, so thank you so much for sharing your brilliance and the work that you're doing in the world. And, um, and yeah, let's talk about having you come back on at some other time. We'll talk about, um, about helping your kids get organized. That would be so fun. Thank you for your kind words. It's my absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Natalie. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. Now, one thing I know for sure is that managing ADHD is not a one-stop shop. There are so many tips, tools, practices, treatment options, and lifestyle accommodations to consider. It's easy to feel overwhelmed and wonder where in the world to start. If you're nodding your head yes, then you'll want to check out the free ADHD supports guide. It's a super simple step-by-step guide that keeps your ADHD brain engaged because it's interesting, it's important, and sometimes even a little exciting. I invite you to consider yourself a detective as you discover the ideal combination of supports to help you remain calm, be more consistent, stay focused on what's important, shift out of overwhelm and other big emotions more quickly make decisions more easily, and develop more confidence, all while becoming more of the person you know yourself to be. Download the guide at visiondrivenmom.com 
forward slash ADHD supports or find the link in the show notes. I truly believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Goodbye for now.